Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge God In, to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. We get hijacked so quickly uh, by those shiny objects, as well as uh, what we farm our, our sense of identity out to. Today is a very powerful topic that I'm grateful to be a part of, and I'm joined by my dear friend and sister, Johnny Erickson Tata. As God would have it, she sent me a book uh, a couple months ago that right away, it flipped my lights on. And I said to myself, as soon as I started reading it, I reached out to her and I said, Johnny, can you please come back on Edge Got In and talk about this book? Because it's such a timely topic for us, my friends, because we are so hijacked um, and it's getting dark out there. And this is an invitation for all of us, including myself, more today than yesterday, to draw near to God. And we are promised that as we draw near to God, he promises to always draw near to us. And I had come across, and I'm going to, to share a little bit of history around this book that, that Johnny was moved to put together here. And it's it's based on Brother Lawrence's conversations. Now, he launched a book quite some time ago called Practicing the Presence of God. Johnny and I had no idea that both of us were drawn into the, the writings that, that he offered. Um, he had some several scriptures from his writings. But Brother Lawrence's conversations and letters cover several different topics, such as searching for God in the midst of suffering, preparing for a happy death, and finding purpose in one's work. All his writings return to the central theme that all of our prayers and activities should be toward developing the intimacy with God. My friends, Jesus loves you, and God is after you today to draw you closer today than yesterday. Brother Lawrence focuses on what, what truly matters in simply growing in communion with God, union with God. That is our whole purpose. That's why the, that's a mission for which our heart beats. God were to cease to think of us, my friends, we'd cease to exist. And so we're here for his time, for his purposes. Any act of inner worship, he says, whether it be simply small moment, any small moment, are very acceptable to God. May we turn away from everything that is keeping us from God. If this is the first time you're joining us at Edge Got In, thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In into your life. And you can find out more podcasts at edgegodin.com. We are the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ project. You can find out more information about that at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. So I want to jump in and invite the Holy Spirit to bless this conversation, I'm joined here with Johnny Erickson Tata again, and I'll give a little intro on her before we jump into our conversation. But I know one thing, if we don't invite the Holy Spirit to show up and have his way with us, this will not go well, my friends, as you know. So, sweet Jesus, we just surrender ourselves to you and your purposes. May the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone that is pushing the pause button today to edge you into their lives more today than yesterday. In your most precious name, we pray. 
Amen. The title for today's podcast is How to Practice the Presence of Jesus with Johnny Erickson Tata. Our learning objective for today is we're going to investigate. We're going to do a little investigating, my friends, on how to practice the presence of Jesus in the midst of the peaks and valleys of life and everything in between. So, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you've had quite the journey after an accident in uh, way back at 17 years old, you emerged without having the use from the neck down as a quadriplegic, 17 years old, my friend. And now God has sustained your life in 1979. You flipped the suffering into a greater good than had the suffering not even occurred when you founded Johnny and Friends, a ministry committed to showcasing the gospel to people living with disability. For those of you that aren't familiar with, with this ministry, I highly recommend you explore it. You can visit and learn more about it at Johnny and Friends, J-O-N-I, and friends.org. Now, she has written over how many books now, Johnny? Oh, I do not know, but I, thank you for having me on. What, 45, 30, 40? I, I, think, like I, think, I think it's 45 books the Lord has written through you. So today's book, I feel, as I mentioned before we jumped on, my friend, is such a timely topic, and that is practicing the presence of Jesus. Can you share with listeners how, look at you. Look at you, you being available to God to bring this book and give birth to this at this time in history. Well, I better give a little bit of background as to who Brother Lawrence is, in case some of our listeners might not know. He uh, grew up in a, a French peasant family in the 1600s. Uh, he fought in a vicious war in Europe, became injured, made his way lame to a French monastery where he opened his heart to Jesus Christ. And the other monks, his brothers, gave him uh, menial tasks in the monastery of scrubbing pots and pans and dishes and floors and latrines. And, and even though these were humble jobs, uh, he learned to uh, experience the nearness and sweetness of his Savior. Um, not by exalting himself, but by celebrating God in the midst of the menial. And uh, when I read that book in high school, and we're going back, oh my goodness, uh, 50 some odd years, 55 years, I, I was so impressed by it. Um, it really touched me, but it was one of those books, even though I enjoyed reading it and um, learned a little bit about practicing God's presence. That book sat on my bookshelf for a long time. And then in 2020, during COVID, when we were all sequestered away and rereading books from our bookshelves, ones we haven't, hadn't read in, in decades, I pulled uh, Brother Lawrence's book off the shelf and I reread it. And I thought, oh my goodness, Lord Jesus, this is what I love doing. I love practicing your presence amidst the leg bags and the bedpans and the bed baths and the wheelchair batteries and the, and the external ventilators I must wear at night and lymphedema massages and sleeves and all the paraphernalia that goes with quadriplegia 
after so many decades, I love celebrating you. And you asked me, Lauren, how I practice his presence. Let me give you a quick uh, example. It's just one. Um, recently, I went through two bouts of double pneumonia and was in the hospital for an extended stay. And um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on our previous uh, interview, but um, I lost the ability to use this right arm to feed myself. It's pretty much useless. It, it doesn't have any muscles anymore. I was warned by doctors decades ago that it would that arm would eventually atrophy. I just didn't expect how hard it would hit me. And so after those hospitalizations and I realized my arm didn't work, I couldn't feed myself. Now, I've, who would have blamed me if I had complained? I mean, the world expects an old lady in a wheelchair to grumble about her losses, right? But I have learned over the years to enjoy whatever God is doing in my moment and to look for him in the moment. And so now uh, when people have to feed me, and thank God I've got a sweet neighbor who comes next door and for 30 minutes she helps my husband by cutting up my food, sitting down next to me at the dinner table, feeding me my uh, my dinner while he enjoys his without having to help me. And then she washes my dishes and gives me a hug and leaves. Wow. But before she leaves, I bless her hand. Because that's one way to practice the presence of Jesus. Not to complain about what I can't do, but to see it as an opportunity to, number one, celebrate his provision in this kind neighbor. And secondly, to bless her. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're told to build one another up, to edify each other. Amen. And the way I build up the body, my work in the body of Christ is to not complain and to build other people up and to bless the dear neighbor for giving me her 30 minutes every day to, to help feed me my evening meal. That's just one way to practice God's presence. Slow down, as you say, Lauren, hit the pause button. And look for those inconvenient, sometimes irritating uh, moments when you could complain, but instead look for Christ in the middle of that incident and find a way that you can celebrate him and bless someone else. That's just one little way. I could go on and on. Wow. I, uh, as I mentioned, I have your book right with me here. And uh, this this little book, uh, Practicing the the Practice of the presence of Jesus. It's available pretty much in every bookstore available. You just put that title in the practice of the presence of Jesus. Now we're recording this Johnny during Advent, and this is a very holy time to prepare our hearts, even uh, to push that pause button to think about the sacrifice he made and also the gift that God has made of his son, the greatest gift in this world. You had mentioned um, several different scriptures that, that resonated with me, but there was one that you had mentioned, the secret of practicing the presence of Jesus is actually found in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Uh, Whether you eat or drink or wh whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Can you speak into that a little bit? Because that was a very powerful entry when I read that, because I'm always looking for how to make the complex simple and applicable. And that kind of sums it up right there. Yes, yes. Whether you eat or drink, okay, while I'm having my meal to uh, to glorify God. 
Um, we glorify God, Lauren, anytime and every time. We acknowledge his presence when we when we sanctify the moment, when we say, Lord, this wonderful meal is from you. I bless this meal. You are so kind to have given me the financial wherewithal to purchase this really juicy hamburger. I mean, thank you, God. That right there is glorifying God. Or you walk outside in your backyard. You see a beautiful rose. Oh, Lord God, I, I celebrate you. Look at this rose, the delicacy of its petals. What a creative genius you are, God. I connect that rose to you in heaven. Look at you. Look what you've done. How you've delighted me. Oh, it smells so sweet. It's a fragrance of your presence. Thank you. Right there, you are glorifying God. You look at any and every situation, and you see what God is doing in it and celebrate it. Um, you know, it, I, I forget who it was, which of the apostles said, to the pure, all things are pure. And uh, basically, I think that means to to those who have their eyes open to the glories of God, that he's opened the eyes of their hearts to see him everywhere. To the pure, all things are pure. Look at this iPhone right here by my side. God, you're amazing. You've given men such technology. I'm disabled. My hands don't work. But I can say, hey, Siri, and it wakes up. And I can read my Bible with my own phone. I mean, thank you, God. To the pure, all things are pure. The iPhone is not pure, but to the person who has eyes to see, that thing has a godly purpose in my life. So that, that's just one way we can glorify God in whatever we do, eating, drinking, walking, thinking, talking, doing dishes, vacuuming the floor, folding laundry, whipping up an omelet, heading out the back door, passing the roses in your garden. There are just countless ways to glorify him in your day. Johnny, I, I'm, I'm smiling here, just thanking God for your choice for Jesus, because he's able to take the big mess in our lives and, and make something beautiful, the rose in the midst of the thorns, the rainbow uh, in the midst of the storm. And there was one entry uh, that, that I, I read actually a few times, and you had mentioned in it that you say you have built in rest you have built in rest, even um, when you're on the go. We live in such a hustle in this world. And man, reading your original story and knowing that you used to horseback ride, you were hustling, you were jumping from one thing to the next. I, I really identified with that. And and we're, we're called to be Mary in a Martha world. So what did you mean by that, that you have built in rest? And how can listeners learn from that? Because we are hijacked by the hustle so much. Well, Lauren, I am so unbelievably blessed in that this wheelchair is, is, is a way that I must rest. Sometimes, whether I like it or not, I carry around with me constantly his rest because I'm, I'm paralyzed in this chair. It's not like my hands can reach for, for, for things that might be unworthy or my legs can run to places where I might shame my Lord. I'm, I'm re required to rest and lean on him, even when I'm in bed paralyzed. There are many times where my caregiver doesn't show up on time, so I'm lying there for 30 minutes. I can't raise my head off the pillow. I can't 
move my arms up because gravity is my enemy when I'm lying in bed. And so what do I do with that 30 minutes? God wants me to rest. I could complain, but I believe in a sovereign God who arranges providentially 30 minutes of me lying paralyzed in bed alone, waiting for my friend to show up to help me get up on my wheelchair. So what do I do with that 30 minutes? I recite my scriptures. I reach back into the Nicene Creed and I recite that. I, the Apostles' Creed. Anything I can do to enrich my soul or to enlarge my heart for the Lord Jesus because it would be so darn easy for me to slip back into complaining. Woe is me. Pity the poor unfortunate. Nobody has it as bad as this. Why isn't my girlfriend showing up on time? There are countless ways I could turn inward. I think it was Martin Luther who spoke of sin as when we turn inward on ourselves, when we cave in and become, we, we concave on ourselves as opposed to convexing and, and looking at life outwardly and upwardly. And, and I could just cave in so many times in this paralyzed life, but I have built-in rest. I have a built-in sanctification. I carry it around with me. And I'm so grateful, Lauren. Mm. I, I just got a report yesterday from my pulmonologist. I, I went through these two bouts of pneumonia, and I just had a CAT scan last week, and yesterday I got the result. And my pulmonologist said, almost to quote him, I don't know. I, I I don't. I can't explain this, but your your right lung is completely clear. There is no slodginess. There is no haziness. There is no uh, the, the 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 webbing and networking that gray area. It's all gone. Wow. Whatever you're doing, Johnny, keep it up. And thank you, Jesus. I get to live another year in this wheelchair, serving Him, encouraging others, getting closer to Him, enjoying His intimacy and sweetness. And I, I just couldn't be more grateful. Wow. That's profound, Johnny, because I've been, I've been praying for you every day. Thank you. Knowing, Thank you. knowing that that was going on and, and, Thank and you. man, as an advanced cancer conqueror myself, I, I've had many of those moments where the doctors said, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but keep doing it. And in keep fact, my doctor, my, my doctor said to me one time, you know, if, if you end up living beyond five years, I know it's going to be your Jesus. And and he was he was Jewish. And so we kind of go back and forth bantering. And he goes, and if things go south, it's all on me. But he goes, if you make it beyond five years, it's all your Jesus. And so yeah, Jesus is amazing how he pulls us through in spite of in spite of the negative beliefs around us. Uh we we have victory in him. Uh there's there's a verse in uh I believe it's Acts 15 or or uh no, not Acts, it's um Romans 15, 12, I believe, 12 or 13, uh, where it talks about how we are, um, may the God of hope fill you with all with joy. All joy and peace. You got it. You got it. Yeah. I love that verse, Lauren. And yeah. I want our listeners and viewers to love this verse because it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, not some joy and peace or a little bit of joy and peace, all joy and peace as, okay, so there's a condition, as you trust in him. Amen, sister. That's it. Amen. 
And, and, and uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Psalm 62, verse 8 says, trust in the Lord at all times. So there you have it. If we can but trust in God mm-hmm. in those hard moments, those discouraging moments, those moments when our emotions start to pull us out, if we will kick him, but trust in him, he, he promises he's going to give us all joy and peace. Mm. And, and not only that, but the verse goes on to say, and that we will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you are one, Lauren, who always talks about the Holy Spirit, and I'm so glad mm. he's my, okay, I think all three persons of the Trinity are my favorite. What can I say? But there's some aspects of the Holy Spirit that are, ah, even Jesus's favorite, because he was led everywhere by the Holy Spirit. The Holy yep. Spirit led him into the desert. The Holy Spirit led him everywhere. So, so um, when the Holy Spirit leads you in that regard, it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, you use the word intimate a lot and sweet Jesus a lot. And mm-hmm. can I say that I used to think that people who, uh, who talked about Jesus as being sweet and the Holy Spirit precious, I think, what are they talking about? Like, I don't, I don't sense that. And there's no way you convince anyone that he is that sweet or is that precious until you step out in faith, trust him, and then you experience that all joy and peace, that all sweetness and nearness, that, that, that all preciousness that you wouldn't trade for, you know, for me, any amount of walking, any amount of using my hands, it's just worth it. I, there was a t-shirt one time, Johnny, when I was working with the youth ministries and I'll, I'll never forget it. And it said, just Jesus. And, and I, I actually found it a, a couple months ago and, and got one for myself because uh, that's it. That's what yeah. we need. And when we, we, we did a, a podcast listeners, if you're not familiar with this one, highly recommend you, you listen to it as well. It's called don't waste your suffering. And Johnny was on on part three, Don't Waste Your Suffering at edgegodin.com. Johnny, it's easy when, when life is going our way, right? Because that was one of our learning objectives and the peaks and the valley, valleys. When we're on the peaks of life and everything's going our way, it's, it's very easy for us, at least I find from my own journey, to practice the presence of Jesus. I just saw the most miraculous sunset last night where, where God was showing off. And um, it's when we're in the valley, when we're in the dark night of the soul, as St. John of the Cross speaks about experiences and listeners, perhaps you're in that space today. Perhaps life is not showing up the way you want it to. Perhaps you're experiencing loss or an, an illness or a broken relationship. Johnny, how, Because because... God has given you such a powerful witness. Basically, I remember, you know, with Gilead's army, he cut it down to barely anything so we would know it was God. So what words do you have to say on how we practice the presence of Jesus in the midst of those dark storms when 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 things aren't going the way we want them to? Because you have such witness to that. Well, uh, I'll borrow the words of Jeremiah the weeping prophet for whom nothing went right and nothing went right for that man. Absolutely. No wonder they call him the weeping prophet. Yep. And and right in the middle of his book of lamentations, he wrote, he wrote an entire book about his lament, but right in the middle of it, he says, this I recall to mind. Therefore I have hope. 
So I think when we are at our lowest, it's so important that we rehearse truths that we know to be real and, and applicable to our lives, especially when we're on those mountaintops. That's the time to prepare for your failures. You know, when you're on the mountaintop, you know, get your heart ready, get your soul ready, get your mind stocked up with scripture. Amen. Recall those things that God has done in your life. And so that when you are in the worst of valleys, and I have been there as you have, Lauren, you can say, okay, it was really bad right now. Yeah. But this I recall to mind. My Jesus was ripped to shreds and hung out to dry like a piece of bloody meat on a hook, all because he loved me. Let me think mm. on that for a little bit. Let me, just, let me just talk to you, Jesus, about what that must have been for you and what it means for me. Let me just talk to him and talk to yourself. Recall things like Jeremiah. This I recall, and therefore I have hope. Tell yourselves those wonderful biblical truths that have sustained you in the better moments, the higher, the higher hills and mountains. It, it just, but David, the psalmist, uh, why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Psalm 42. You know, recall, God is good. He is your hope. He is your savior. And this I recall to mind. So just, I was, I was told recently, maybe you said it, Lauren, I don't know. The most oft-repeated command in scripture is fear not. The mm -hmm. second most oft-repeated command is remember. Was it you who said that? I, I speak, I, I don't, I don't know, but I speak about that a lot. Yeah, remember. remember, don't remember, forget, remember, right? don't forget. Uh, mm -hmm. We're so prone to forget. We're like, absolutely, sheep. We're just totally forgetful. Oh, so. we're totally like sheep. <laughs> yes. So we have to on those mountaintops just uh, prepare for the valleys. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and, and I've spoken about this before. Um, I, I, I trained for 17 years in martial arts and as a, as a, as a double black belt, I had trained up for the Colorado state championship within a minute. Um, I was knocked out in the ring from an illegal move and my preparation outside of the ring directly impacted my performance in the ring. So this book to me, um, it is truly a training outside of the ring. As you said, training on the mountaintop is essential. Training in the moments of consolation prepares us for the moments of desolation. And this, this book, Johnny, because you, you couple it with Brother Lawrence's work in the simple application of the practice of presence of God in the mundane, like you said, but also in the eye of the storm, the practice of the presence of Jesus, my friends, is our victory in the ring, metaphorically speaking. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil waging war against our soul. I recently, in our last podcast from last week, I had the opportunity to interview Father Lawrence or, or, or Father Vincent, and he's an exorcist who's seen evil firsthand. Mm -hmm. It's getting dark out there. So, Johnny, with, with as darkness increases, as you said, our training for the practice of the presence of Christ, as Mother Teresa said, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. What does this look like? Somebody, because because listeners are listening in all, all around the world, facing all kinds of earth school classes, 
And perhaps they've been re-enrolled like I have many different times because I didn't pass it the first time and God loves us enough not to leave us there. So you get re-enrolled in a class of perhaps patients, not envying, not comparing, um, trusting God in the midst of undesirable circumstances. What does it look like on a daily basis, Johnny, when we're practicing um, the presence of Jesus, whether we eat or whether we drink, we're doing it all for the glory of God. Give us some more examples, because that's how people remember the teaching. Well, one encouragement, uh, and this is something I do every morning, I uh, pick a promise for the day, uh, and I live on it. Just one promise. Maybe some of our listeners have memorized some scripture, and that's all well and good. But you got to reach back into that reservoir of whatever you've memorized and pull something out for the day that, that can aid you and help you. And for me, um, you know, God is my ever-present help in this trouble. Uh, earlier today, my leg I was being emptied and urine went all over the floor. It's like, wow. Oh, and things smell and stink. Forgive me yep. for my indiscretion, but yeah, no, know, it's, it's real. The level I live on. So, yep. you know, God is my ever-present help in this trouble. And so I had an opportunity to bless the girl who had to get down there on her hands and knees and wipe up my my uh, bodily fluids. I mean, it, yep. those are just small ways you do it. Everything you 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 remember some present, some promise for the day that uh, that you perhaps cross-stitched and you've embroidered it and put it on a little plaque on your bedside table. Well, get mm-hmm. it off your bedside table and put it into practice in your day. Um, God's word is ineffective unless we are actually employing it and doing it, apprehending it and, and appropriating it to our, our problems. Something else too, don't live on automatic cruise control. We live in a culture where everything is push button um, uh, microwave easy, and we we've got to remember that when we get up in the morning, it's not a matter of just doing your devotional, and then having breakfast, taking a shower, getting dressed, and going out the door on automatic pilot. You know, God is against people like that. It says He's against the proud. He resists those who. Uh, go at life on their own and say to the Lord as much, I'll check in with you if there's any problem. I got, I got the lay of the land here, Jesus. I know what it means to be a Christian. I've studied enough Bible verses and don't live like that. Do not live like that, but live um, existentially moment by moment, incident by incident. And whether it's urine on the floor or, or whether it's, uh, it's um, going outside and smelling your roses before you head to the car. Just see everything through his eye. Mm. Everything. And I think that's a, a good way to live. Pull out a promise for the day. Stick to it. Remember it often throughout the day. Ask God to open the eyes of your hearts to apply it during the day and to people. Mm. And uh, the next morning when you get up, you choose another Bible promise and live on that one for a day. You know, we all know Bible promises, but who in the world has the mental capacity to remember them all at once? But if you take one at a time and one day at a time, um, you'll get through with a smile. Oh, Johnny, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I have a note right here 
on that practice, because that's in the, that's in your devotionals as well, is to pick that promise, to pick a daily promise. And it becomes a plumb line, as you said, for attitudes and actions. And, and that is to me, uh, that's our victory because it's following what, what uh, Jesus did uh, in Luke four and Matthew four, we have that protocol to, uh, to fight back. Johnny, I, you and I could you and I could spend a whole day in retreat <laughs> and speaking <laughs> on and on. But I, I I know that I'm very grateful for your time today, listeners. Again, this is a gem: the practice of the presence of Jesus uh, by Johnny Erickson Tata with John Sloan. Highly recommend you you get your copy and and use it. Use the promises because there's tons of scriptures all throughout, and just grab that scripture for application. So it does become a plumb line for you, that anchor for your attitudes and your actions. And your attitude is your closest friend or worst enemy. And when it's grounded in the Holy Spirit, uh, He can help you prune for growth to grow closer to Jesus. Johnny, would you close us in prayer today? Thank you so much. And any closing thoughts that you might have? Well, I want everybody uh, to just pray with me or sing it if they may. Oh, come, let us adore you. Oh, come, let us adore you. Oh, come, let us adore you, Christ our Lord. Lord Jesus, we adore you as best as we're able. We're such emotional cripples. We don't have the emotional wherewithal. We don't have the capacity to adore you as we can and should would want to and but thank you that you'd never hold that against us you take what infant gurglings of thanksgivings that we offer up and to you it is as sweet a sound as a as a glorious big choir of praise and thanksgiving and that's what we do on this advent season thank you jesus that mm. that you condescended to lay aside your robes of state to get up off the throne and to be incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary behind a motel with a blinking no vacancy sign in a parking lot in an animal shed. Just oh, all that you went through for us, what you did for us, cause us to be grateful. Give us the emotional wherewithal to, to well up within our hearts true gratitude, true thanksgiving, praise and adoration. That is so deserving of you. Mm. You are worth it, Lord Jesus. And if none of us feel that you are, then make it plain to us. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Take what Lauren says on these podcasts to draw us closer to you that we may know that sweetness and that preciousness and that nearness that she speaks so often of. Um, thank you for this Christmas season, Jesus, in your name, amen. 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 Sister, I love you. Thank you for showing up once again and for your witness and your your uh, choice to choose Jesus for the sake of salvation of souls. Thank you. Blessings on you, Lauren. Blessings to you. Yep, absolutely. Sooner than later, my friend.